our podcast, Star Trek Age of Discovery. I'm Adele Austin Anderson. And I'm Gary Anderson. And we're a married couple who are longtime fans of Star Trek. Well, we're back again with our monthly podcast to catch you up on Star Trek Discovery news. Just a reminder, if you have not already done so, please subscribe to our podcast so you won't miss any of our installments. Today, we're going to discuss the recent production staff changes for this series, as well as news of an expanded Star Trek universe. Right. So on June 14th, The Hollywood Reporter was the first to do an exclusive um, news article about CBS Studios firing the showrunners for Star Trek Discovery, Gretchen Berg and Aaron Harbert. The arguments that they brought as to the reasons why was um, out basically budget overruns. and But on top of that were a series of complaints that had been alleged against um, Herbert, Harbert and uh, Berg by the writing staff, specifically about Harbert, and that he had been abusive verbally and in insulting and, in fact, intimidating, that he had, that actually one... One case was that he stood over and yelled at a writer as they were in the process of writing. Um, so in response to that, CBS took the initiative and put executive producer Alex Kurtzman in as the new showrunner. So he will be in charge going forward. Um, this is the second change in a showrunner in two years. As you remember, Brian Fuller, who was originally the, the showrunner, for Star Trek Discovery was replaced by Berg and Harbert, who also work in his production company, um, before shooting began on the first episode. However, um, his name still is listed as um, a producer in the credits and show, as, and as the show's creator, as it should be, since a lot of what the show is was based on what he had done. Um, he and Kurtzman together. Uh, Berg and Harbert, Harbert have already overseen the production of the first five episodes. So when we see those um, in the upcoming year, they'll be listed as uh, executive producers on those five episodes and that they will get credit for that. Following that, on the episodes going forward, 6 through 13, we'll see Alex Kurtzman listed in that position. Um, also, at the same time, we should announce that Akiva Goldsman who was also an executive producer, has, has been let go from the production. So much of the original team that had worked on the show... Well, the leadership. The leadership, say. the leadership, the hat are, are no longer with the, with the TV show. Of course, neither of us know whether the firing of Berg and Harberts was justified. We both enjoyed season one tremendously and are anxiously looking forward to season two. However, since Netflix was no longer covering the production expenses, the network that CBS was certainly much more sensitive to cost overruns as it affected its bottom line. Also, if the former showrunners created a hostile work environment, then they should have been let go if it did not seem as if their behavior could change. Now, um, we should hear if Kurtzman plans to make any significant changes to the Berg 
Harbor's story arc for season two during uh, the Star Trek Discovery panel, which will take place at the San Diego Comic-Con International Convention, uh, which is coming up soon, July 18th to the 22nd. It's about a few weeks away, yeah. Um, And this also provides an opportunity for us to maybe really examine what they want to retain from season one going forward in regards to what might change, might change as goes uh, as, as we see go forward. Um, still, it remains to be seen whether Kurtzman, in my opinion, is the right person for the job. I think we should also point out that Kurtzman has actually been in the entertainment industry for over, over 20 years. You know, he started quite young. Uh, and um, he's been uh, known as a writer, director, and producer. Uh, he's probably best known for his scripts, co-written with Roberto Orsi, who actually was somebody he met when he was in high school, when he went to a private high school. Uh, and um, they together they wrote such films as Transformers 1 and 2, sure. The Proposal, and also, as Gary has already mentioned, uh, the J.J. Um, Abrams' uh, uh, first Star Trek film. Um, and so, in a six-year period, their films have earned over $3 billion. Um, he's um, also... Uh, has served as one of the executive producers for Discovery, and he's directed the first episode for season two. Right, right. So since the announcement of the change in showrunners, the Discovery cast, oddly, and and production staff have been amazingly radio silent. There's not really been anything that we've heard out of any of them on any subject related to these changes in um, social media whatsoever. The, The only thing that has been posted has been more personal information. Sonequa Martin-Green posted a, a video and a picture of her son um, in comparison to when he was first born. Um, Doug Jones has told, it showed, there was a video up of the make, the lengthy amount of makeup that's put, that he puts on. And some of the other members have posted what they regularly post in regards to other topics, not necessarily Star Trek related. So we there's no expression from anyone um, in either camp as to what this might you know this change might do to the show, and there seems to have been an obvious um, self-imposed communications blackout on it, which I think is probably best, you know, when you think about it. Well, it's probably best, and it's probably due to what happened a few days later. And that was on June 18th, CBS announced that they had come to terms uh, with Kurtzman on a $30 million deal uh, for uh, Kurtzman to helm the expansion of the Star Trek universe across broadcast cable and streaming platforms. Uh, Reportedly, this agreement gives... Uh, the rights for the development of Star Trek-themed shows to Kurtzman and his production company, which is known as Secret Hideout. Now, they already produce such CBS, CBS shows with Hawaii Five-0, which neither Gary and I like very much. Uh, they also produce Instinct and Salvation. Which are like summer replacement shows that, right. they, that they do during the, you know, between the months of May and August. Mm-hmm. The potential shows uh, regarding the Star Trek universe um, are said to include a series set at Starfleet Academy, 
a limited series, uh, a plot they haven't revealed yet, another limited series based around uh, the Wrath of Khan story, um, and also an animated series, um, which, again, we don't know what it's about. Yeah, we don't know what crew it might be looking at. It may, or is it going to be creating a whole new crew of individuals in the Star Trek universe? Mm-hmm. Um, but also on a separate news report, a few weeks earlier, uh, Patrick Stewart had, had been produ- you know, um, at an event and did an un- impromptu interview where he was asked by the rev- by the interviewer had he ever seen Dar- Star Trek Discovery. And he said he hadn't, but he took a pause and with a wry smile on his face, he concluded that he might have reason to do so in the future. And then he and he and he shut up about it. He didn't he just smiled and he didn't say anything else. And a lot of people were speculating that that might mean that he would be coming on to Discovery in the near future either as some character, some new character he might be playing, some character related to his character, you know, Jean-Luc Picard from Next Generation, or as Jean-Luc somehow in some time travel story. Mm -hmm. So again, that was the speculation out there. Now, with this announcement about these new new series that that they're looking at doing, and with the popularity that people have for Next Generation. Next Generation is a very popular um, um, series that, that... that that was that still holds a lot of appeal for for a lot of Star Trek friends fans that there might be um, some that one of these unknown storylines might be um, a, a limited such as a limited series dealing with the further adventures of Picard and the crew of the next generation or there might be something related in in which we explored more deeply his family background and whatnot, but we don't know. But right. that, but he could have been intimating that 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 those things were in the works, but he couldn't say anything about them. Right, right. While you know, while we're both excited about the potential to experience more Star Trek shows, um, for me at least, and I won't I won't talk for Adele. Kurtzman's involvement with the franchise has been at best uneven, and so. Um, Adele enjoys, she enjoyed the, the script that he and Orsi wrote for the first, the first one, start, start the 2000. I did. I thought it was entertaining. Yes. Yeah. I, I was offended probably like smack dab after, after Chris, Chris Hemsworth dies and we have this alternate universe created totally by accident. Um, yet neither of us were very pleased with Star Trek Into Darkness, which, there's just a whole host of problems with that, you know, and the one in particular is the fatal mistake of casting Benedict Cumberbatch to play Khan with a role that had been immortalized on the TV show by Ricardo Montalban. I don't know how you go from Ricardo Montalban to Benedict Cumberbatch. Yeah, I was I was telling Gary that you know I did read the comics that did try to explain that whole process back, back when the, right before the movie came right, out. Right, and the and according to the comics, uh, he was altered. He was. Um, you know, uh, he went through a cosmetic surgery to change his total appearance. So, I mean, you're talking about also, 
the shape of his body, not only just right. his face, but the right. shape of his body, his hair texture. I mean, everything and what supposedly happened. And they also erase, supposedly try to erase his memories right, right. so that he doesn't realize that he's con. But as time goes on, he starts, those those memories start coming back. But, but I thought that did not convince me at all that that was even possible. And uh, I thought it was a really weak, um, justification for how we could have gotten somebody, you know, to change so drastically from a figure who we all, you know, grew to really like, right. uh, you know, right. as, as this great villain. Right. Spe- you know, specifically after the Wrath of Khan. After the Wrath of Khan. Where he was even fleshed out even deeper. Right. You know, yeah, for them to bring him back in this way made no sense to either it, it one was, of us. It was it was a revive, uh, reviving of a character and a, and a potential storyline with diminishing returns. Exactly, exactly. Now I have to admit, I for those fans or for those of Star Trek who have had issues with the the physical change and the Klingons on Discovery. In the context of this issue with Benedict Cumberbatch basically replacing in our minds the ideal of Khan as rendered by Ricardo Montalban, I understand their frustration. I understand. I understand their initial reaction of being um, um, upset that what we know that what the Klingons look like being completely dramatically changed for a particular reason. In the case of um, the show Discovery. They wanted to hide, conceal the identity of the actor playing Vok, and the only way they could do that is by prosthetics. And the, but in the case of of uh, Khan and that movie, they had other options. They, oh yeah. I mean, from what I understand, Abrams met once or only a couple of times with ben, Benicia del Toro. And then it became clear that he was not somebody who was going to be interested or, or get cast in that role. And then the next option was, let's go get somebody else. And they went totally far afield and ended up with Benedict Cumberbatch, which is not a logical choice if you're yeah. looking for somebody who is going to play a very well-built, swarthy man. Right. You go to a complete opposite with Benedict Cumberbatch, who is a pasty-faced thin, frail-looking Englishman who's perfect for a role like Sherlock Holmes, not necessarily <laughs> not necessarily a perfectly figured for somebody like Khan. Well, and not only that, the whole placement, you know, by placing this story now mm-hmm. uh, back where, you know, Kirk, you know, has only been captain just for a short while. Right, right, right. And it just erases the whole story about how Khan and Kirk originally met. Right, right. And, uh, and the fact that they were sent to this other planet right. and and so forth. So that kind of erased that whole great right. storyline right, right. that happened in the original series. Right. So, you know, it, it was a mistake for, for a lot of different reasons. So having said all that, this guy is now in charge of Discovery. Right. Okay, <laughs> so, but, but, but... So that's what I'm saying. Well, well we're going to move on. <laughs> yes, that's and what then, I'm saying. And uh, then let's talk about some other uh, ideas that came okay. out in these articles. All right, so go ahead. And so for decades, there's really been talk about Starfleet Academy. I mean, I, I remember for a long way back, they talked about, oh, yeah, we're going to have 
this show about Star for the Academy, and you had heard for one thing it was going to be uh, West Wesley was going to be. Well, well, the original time I heard about it is after in the seventies after Star Trek Phase Two, the ill-fated um, reboot series that they right. were looking to do that never got up, got past the pilot. That the next idea after that one was to do an Academy show, right? And that that the Academy show was for the most part, was always going to deal with younger versions of the characters we already knew. So a younger Kirk, a younger Spock, blah, blah, blah. Then when Star Trek Next Generation came on and became a, uh, eventually became a hit on, in syndication, right. they began, that one got uh, revised to looking at the possibility of having it featuring Wesley Crusher. As you know, Wesley leaves leaves next um, next generation, and he goes off to the academy. And right. that's like there's a couple of there's a couple of episodes following his when he leaves the show that are featuring him specifically dealing with things at the that's academy. True. That's right. And so the idea has still been kept afresh that it's at some point they might possibly do a show targeted around Wesley's years at the academy, mm-hmm. which never real n- never came to fruition. Right. And so uh, so all throughout the other. Uh, uh, sequels there was still some talk about an academy show that we were going to go back and pick up again going back to the original idea of using the original cast members which I think is what eventually ended up becoming the film version of the the, the new Star Trek movies mm-hmm. that they the whole idea was trying to get hire younger actors who right. they could pay less and get them into those right. oh, yeah, and, and, do, and do interesting stories with them so, so as Gary said, um, this whole Academy idea only manifested itself in occasional scenes and flashbacks on the television series. As, right. And there was a, a video game in the 90s yep, yep. Uh, that was based on the Academy. There's uh, novels right. uh, based on the Academy. And also the, you know, the alternative universe film, they do show parts of the academy in the very first yeah. scene yeah, yeah. The very first movie yeah uh, so basically i think this whole starfleet academy you told me you're not really interested no in i'm it. not interested in it okay all. now me i think it could be intriguing depending on when they would set this uh my preference definitely would be with the prime universe i'm not really interested in seeing the it manifested in the uh in the au uh but um, I thought we'd also go and look at uh, this other article that talked about some ideas for spinoffs. Right. Yeah. So in the recent Deadline Hollywood article, um, Dominique Patton has cited several ideas for Star Trek spinoffs that they thought would would work and um, they thought about sharing them sharing them with uh, uh, the reading audience. And so one of them, one of the ideas was a series featuring the adventures of Mira Giorgio in the Prime Universe, which, you know, I think has the potential of, of showing somebody with that kind of strength and, and authority and personality dealing with a environment that is more structured on moral ethics and seeing where those fault lines are. I think that would be an interesting story. I think it would really be interesting. Yeah, I think, and, and definitely because she feels like she is the antithesis of what the prime universe is all about. So this, yeah. yeah, this second one I think is a, is just a, a mistake though. A series with mirror Captain Gabriel Lorca somehow escaping death. <laughs> Although, I'm pretty sure he died. Yeah, right. Or prime universe Lorca trying to survive 
um, in the in the in the, in the, the, mirror, um, universe. the mirror universe, which I think is right. um, which I don't know necessarily would be as interesting as watching mirror you, you uh, uh, Lorca dealing with the the prime universe. Um, there was also an idea that they floated about a spinoff built around Harry, you know, Harry Mudd with Rain Wilson. And then finally, a series that was based on the Vulcans. I get they didn't they didn't go into detail as to what Vulcans they were talking about, right. but um, one possibly dealing with the Vulcans in some capacity. So, if you were to ask me, you know, definitely I would be down for uh, a series dealing with Mirror Giorgio. I just think that would really be good. Any excuse to see Michelle Yao in an expanded role would be worth my time and even a few extra dollars for a subscription. However, um, I also would be happy with the creation of a series with new characters. Yeah, I would, I'm more interested in a series with new characters that explore a different aspect um, of Star Trek the universe. I'm, I like... The Giorgio character, I would prefer for her to stay on, on Discovery. Okay. I think I think she has richer story potential there than than having her try to hold up an entire series mm. off to her own. If you know what I mean, right? Right. Because I think I think specifically with the tease they did that they showed, um, just you know since the show's been off, of the meeting between her and Leland this agent from section 31. Right. I think that provides a really lot of exciting uh, story potential. Right. Because of the the way they um, bend morals and ethics through section 31 and and her whole way of living is a is a is not on an ethical foundation. Oh, right. Right. So well, our ethical, what we would call ethical. Well, yes. Yeah, yeah. Well, and and morality. The the right. morality of the mirror universe does not fit here. But then you see section thirty one, and it you you see these people who who speak about these ideals and how they live in contradictory right. f- fashion to those ideals. That's right. And I think that's the more interesting thing. And I think that would be better served in that show as opposed to on one separate from her. Yep. So that's it for now, but we'll be back with our next podcast soon after the San Diego Comic-Con to um, talk about news coming out of the Discovery panel. And we'll also will cite any Discovery winners of the Saturn Awards, which is supposed to take place soon on June 27th in for a moment we took a while before we were able to get this episode out and so there's been some changes over the course of the time the saturn awards occurred and we have two awards for um, discovery sonequa martin green won best actress on television for a science fiction show for her performances michael burnham and the series won best new media series um, as well. That's So that's great considering the success of the show. In other news, Star Trek Discovery has added a couple of people behind the scenes. Specifically, what we've seen in the recent days is that James Duff, who is the creator of the TV show The Closer, has joined CBS All Access Star Trek Discovery as an executive producer. 
including that, um, the writer Jenny Lumet, who wrote Rachel Getting Married and had joined the series as a consulting producer starting at the beginning of season two, has been promoted to a co-executive producer. And co-executive producer Olatunde Onsunami, who had been a producer and a director on the show during season one, has now been moved up to as um, a executive producer. Osunami was probably best known for directing The Butcher's Knife, Cares Not for the Lamb's Cry, and also What's Past is Prologue, one of the Mirror Universe episodes at, at the tail end of the season. So he's now part of the executive product producing staff for the show since we've had all these changes. And I think that might help in regards to making things appear to be a lot more stable than they have been considering um, Aaron Harbert and Gretchen Berg's being relieved of their responsibilities with the show. In other news, we have the expectations of a brand new series coming from coming up with uh, Patrick Stewart in it. We talked about this during the larger time, but I guess th there's rumors out there that he is going to be signing very soon on um, a, a new series that will feature uh, John Luke Picard. We don't know anything else about this. That's all we know at this point. We'll be bringing you additional information, hopefully, as time progresses. And that's pretty much all we have for additional information. So if you're if you have any other um, information that you'd like to, us to talk about, maybe things that you, ideas that you want us to do a whole podcast on, or if you are have any comments regarding the changes in leadership or what you're anticipating seeing in season two, uh, please leave them on our, by emailing us um, or going to our Facebook page, which is facebook.com backslash Star Trek AOD or through our Twitter account, which is Star Trek at Star Trek AOD. Other than that, live long and prosper. <laughs>